welcome my friends to Season 2, Episode 12 of Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. I'm running a little bit behind this week. We had the holiday weekend and and trying to get caught up here, but I want to kick it off just by talking about what an experience last Saturday was being back in Kinnick Stadium after no fans last season. And the Hawkeyes won their seventh game in a row with a big 34-6 win over the 17th-ranked Indiana Hoosiers. And everything about that day was just unbelievable. Had such a great time tailgating with friends for the first time in almost two years. Being in Kinnick Stadium with almost 70,000 other fans just screaming, yelling, and having a great time. And people couldn't have been happier to see each other and in any better mood than they were on Saturday. You kind of wondered what it would be like. You see all these uh, things on the internet, on, on Twitter, or wherever, of, of Major League Baseball fights, NFL preseason fights, and you just hoped you wouldn't see anything like that. These Hawkeye fans were just happy to be there. We were happy to see each other. You know, people that just sit in your area if you're a season ticket holder and and you hadn't seen each other in almost two years. And, and everybody was just pumped up, having a good time. It was also the first game of selling. Well, they called them hydration stations. They were selling beer, wine, I think, too. I didn't see that. But these hydration stations were just packed. I mean, the lines were unbelievable. I wasn't planning on stopping because I didn't want to wait in a big line. And then they had some guys in little carts that were coming by. And so I did stop. I wanted to, to say that I did grab a, a beer at Kinnick Stadium because that's, that's never been done before in my, in my time in going there. So had a bush light and uh, just, like I said, just an unbelievable time hanging out with friends, um, getting to see people that we haven't seen in so long and, and to be social again. It was, it was amazing. So, but the performance on the field helped that feeling. And I'm, I'm sure that was a big factor there, too. And everyone was just so happy to be out there again. Great day and one that I'll probably remember forever, being the first game back after, after that unusual 2020 season without fans. Well, the Iowa Hawkeyes took care of business, playing in front of fans for the first time in 21 months, winning 34-6 to over the Hoosiers. And if you look at the stats, the offense doesn't jump out that much. You know, they didn't need to with two pick-six interceptions by Riley Moss. The Hawkeyes had 18 first downs to 11 for Indiana, and the defense really played well in this game. Total of 303 yards for the Hawkeyes and just 233 for Indiana. The passing game was pretty even as far as yardage, etc., but Petrus had zero interceptions. Penix Jr. had three interceptions and could have thrown a couple others that were dropped by the Iowa secondary. The Hawkeyes... And this was a factor we, we were looking at going into the game. Rushed for 158 yards to only 77 for Indiana. A nice job by the, the young Iowa defensive line and linebackers. You know, on the defensive side of the ball, they really held their own. And then the offensive line did as well for how little experience some of those guys had coming into the game. You know, Iowa averaged 4.4 per rush compared to just 2.5 for Indiana. And penalties were a positive. The Hawkeyes had just two. I dispute one of them, uh, the, the pass interference call. I didn't like that. But, hey, two for 20. Indiana had seven for 67. Those always are momentum killers. Well, the Hawkeyes did turn it over a couple of times. It was two fumbles, one by T. Good, Tyler Goodson, one by IKM, Ivory Kelly Martin. And they need to clean that up going into the game with Iowa State. 
those will not be welcome in a game like we're going to have next weekend in Ames. Well, for me, this game really could not have gone any better. I picked Iowa to win 27-20. to I thought it was going to be a close game. Indiana fans were confident coming into the game. I had an Indiana fan hit me up on Twitter saying, for the first time, he thought their team had a bigger and better line on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And he thought because of that, they were going to win. I started getting more and more nervous just hearing how confident their fans were. But the Hawkeye offensive line and defensive line were up to the task. And they also felt they had quite an advantage at quarterback. And wow, the Hawkeyes just just dominated Penix Jr. in this game. And I was so pumped to be back in Kinnick. I've said that. And, and I was also pumped that Iowa won the toss. And Captain Kirk elected to receive the ball instead of deferring to the second half. You don't see that too much. But Kirk Ferentz used to do that all the time as head coach of the Hawkeyes. Get the ball first. Hope you can set the tone by driving down the field, putting up points on the board before your opponent. And there it was, Tyler Goodson, 56-yard TD run on the first drive to take the 7-0 lead. And then it was the Riley Moss show. He took a pass on the third offensive play of the game for Indiana. Bounced off the receiver's hands. He hauled it in, went 30 yards for the score. And later, near the end of the first half, Moss stepped in front of the Indiana receiver, returned his second interception, 55 yards for a touchdown. And Moss was named Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week, even named National Defensive Player of the Week by some publications. What a game by him. This kid is a stud. Well, Indiana quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., you know, he was the factor that Indiana fans we're really confident about. He was just 14 of 31 passing for 156 yards. He threw a fourth interception that was called back because of that questionable roughing the pass or penalty on John Wagner. I didn't like the call. He just kind of bumped Penix a little bit, but those are the breaks. You get those calls sometime, sometimes. And, and Dane Belton's interception was really special. He read the ball. He leaped into the air and hauled in a pass, and, and Penix Jr. was either trying to throw it away and didn't put enough on it, or he was trying to float the ball into his receiver, but just a bad play by the quarterback, and a great athletic interception for Dane Belton. Well, coming into the game, the Hawkeyes hadn't given up more than 24 points in a game in 22 straight, and this was a clinic with a defense giving up just six points. And USC transfer Stephen Carr had 19 carries for 57 yards. It was an impressive debut by the Iowa defensive line getting some pressure on Penix Jr., and doing a good job stopping the run. Although Indiana, you know, they haven't been known for their r- rushing game. Uh, but the great wide receiver Ty Freifogel had a nice game, five receptions, 84 yards, in a long of 33 yards. But when you think about what he's done and what he did last year with all the long plays he had, the big plays, playmaker guy, the Hawkeyes did a nice job containing him overall. Spencer Petrus with 13 of 27, so just under 50% completion percentage. But you know, he was put in a position where the Hawkeyes got the big lead, and the main thing was just to keep the chains moving, not make any big mistakes. He threw the ball away several times. And Indiana has a very experienced, very talented secondary. So you know, he did miss some passes, especially when he was rolling out of the pocket. He had the opportunity to hit some passes. It could have been big plays, and he needs to watch film, see what he could have done on some of those rollouts particularly setting his feet, um, being able to get a little more zip on the ball. The receivers had some drops too, so that didn't help his cause at all. 
And that's another thing they really need to get cleaned up heading into Ames next week. Tyler Goodson, he good, had 19 carries, 99 yards. The big 56-yard TD. IKM, his backup, had eight rushes for 44 yards. Both, again, had those fumbles and really need to clean that up. But And they got Tyrone Tracy the ball a couple of times on the ground with two carries for 14 yards. Leading receiver was Sam Laporta. He had five catches for 83 yards. I was surprised to see a couple drops. Backup tight end Luke Lachey had his first catch for 15 yards. Tracy Jr., Regani, Teagood all had two catches. And one takeaway is we need the wide receiver to get more touches and more opportunities in space to make big plays. We have the guys to do it. And not sure if they just were getting open, if Petrus wasn't finding them, if they just got really conservative with the score of the game. And I think a lot of, a lot of it was due to that. I mean, you got that big lead. You don't have to show a whole lot at that point. You just want to keep playing and end that game out and get the big win. So hope to get more out of the wide receivers next weekend in Ames. On the defensive side, Seth Benson was all over the field. He had 10 tackles. Jack Campbell with six, Kerner with five, Shannon, Justin Jacobs, Wags, and Belton all with four. Great job by the defense on Saturday. Quite a few young guys got to rotate on the line. Logan Lee, Ethan Herquette, Deontay Craig, Joe Evans, Lucas Van Ness. Great experience for those guys going against a quality team heading into the big game on Saturday, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. Well, Charlie Jones, he did a nice job returning kicks and punts. He went out a little nicked up. Sounds like he's going to be ready to go on Saturday against the Cyclones, so that is great news because he is a playmaker of returning punts and kicks. Torrey Taylor was just booming the punts. Um, he had a 49-yard average, but he was so close to pinning Indiana within the 10. Had a couple of kicks just get into the end zone. Could have been within the 5-yard line and just couldn't quite get it done. But, but, but he can boom it. Uh, he has obviously... It's like a pitching wedge when he kicks it out there and it comes back. A couple of them just went a yard or two into the end zone. So expect to, to see him have a big year. Nice day by Caleb Shudek. Two field goals with the longest of 41 yards. And Indiana coach Tom Allen at the end of the first half tried to ice Shudak with three straight timeouts. And I get trying to ice the kicker. You know, that's a strategy that some coaches use. But, man, you're down 28-3. to three And... That just got the crowd and the team more juiced up with those timeouts. And to see Shudak drill that field goal, take the 31-3 halftime lead, momentum Iowa on that one. I was, I was not happy with Tom Allen. It just wasted some of my time. But, uh, hey, I'll take a little bit of extra time in Kinnick Stadium, so I guess that's okay. Well, next up for the AP poll, 10th-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes, of course, it's Iowa State. And this is going to be the second game in a row in the Cyhawk series in Ames after last year's game did not take place. And if you recall, what a game in 2019. There was the huge rain delay, just really strange game with the rain delay. And then Iowa State special teams had the big blunder on the punt return. The Hawkeyes got the fumble recovery and won the game. And you know, the Hawkeyes were leading at that point. Iowa State would have had to drive down to try to take the lead, but, but that was huge to get that uh, – Fumble recovery and just end that game. And Kirk Ferentz has never lost to Matt Campbell. He's won the last five contests against the Cyclones. And it's been good having the Cyhawk Trophy in Iowa City. Hayden Fry back in the day, man, he won 
15 in a row in the 80s and 90s before losing in his last season. And then Kirk Ferentz struggled out of the gates. You know, they he lost four in a row in this series, but since then has been 12 and 5. So what do we expect of the Cyclones in 2021? It's not the team we're used to in Ames. They were ranked in the top 10 for the first time in history coming into the season. Coach Matt Campbell's in his sixth year at the helm, and they have a bunch of starters back from last year's nine-win season, which equaled the highest win total in team history. And I, I'm saying that right. They have never won 10 games in, in, in the last 100-plus years. And for comparison's sakes, the Hawkeyes have won 10 or more games six times just under Kirk Ferentz in the last 20 years. So could this be that elusive 10-win season for the Cyclones? It really could be. And a win on Saturday against the Hawkeyes would be a big step towards that goal. So it's going to be really interesting. How are the Cyclones going to take this? They are the favored team. Uh, game days coming in. The most hype in the history of the program. How are they going to handle it on Saturday on the big stage? Well, the biggest reasons to be high on the Cyclones, they have most of their starters back from last season in really key positions. Quarterback, running back, two really good players. Purdy has had a good career at quarterback. He's, he's made some big mistakes in big games. Brees Hall, solid running back. Um, he's going to be hard to stop this year. He looked a little gimpy last week from what I've heard. Um, he didn't have a great game against you and I, but they have all their offensive linemen back for this season as well. And some solid players on D, guys like linebacker Mike Rose, safety Greg Eisworth. You know, the Big 12... You know, traditionally has had some really good teams, but quite a few of those have been down in recent years. So you don't know what to take away from last season. The Sooners are pretty good year in, year out. Texas has been down um, for so long. Baylor's been down of late. West Virginia had a coaching change. They've been kind of down. Uh, and then TCU as well. They, they didn't have a really good season last year. And then Okie State's just kind of Okie State. So, you know, are some of these teams going to rise back up and have good seasons this year, or is it just going to be Oklahoma and Iowa State, the top two teams? It's going to be interesting to see. Well, in game one of the 2021 season, the Cyclones hosted the UNI Panthers, and they had some troubles with the, Panther, with the Panthers, and they have had a lot of troubles with them in recent history. Iowa State pulled out a three-point win in 2019. They lost UNI in 2016, lost in 2013. Won by one point in 2011. They lost them in 2007. So it's not unusual for it to be a tough game for Iowa State over the years. Um, they always play that game in Ames, of course. But they're 2-2 two and two in the last four meetings and then 4-3 and three in the last seven. But Iowa State only put up 335 yards against UNI. 199 of those passing, 136 rushing. And the UNI quarterback, he had a nice game. He was 21 of 34 passing with a TD, but he did have two costly interceptions, 230 yards. And then Iowa State did a good job um, keeping the, the running game down for UNI, 45 yards rushing for the Panthers. Purdy was really accurate. He was 20, 21 of 26 for 199. No TDs, no interceptions, so no big mistakes there. Brees Hall. You know, they've been talking about him as a Heisman candidate, and so I was kind of raising my eyebrows when I saw 23 carries for just 69 yards, one TD. But I guess he's a little bit dinged up, so that probably factored into that. But Purdy, man, he had nine carries for 58 yards, and that's going to be an X factor in this game, not letting Brock Purdy get loose for first down runs when the pocket breaks down. 
The guy at wide receiver this year appears to be Xavier Hutchinson. Uh, he had seven catches for 88 yards against the Panthers. And you can pretty much throw the UNI game out because um, Iowa State is going to be ready to go, and they're going to play with all they have on Saturday against the Hawkeyes. Iowa's won five in a row. Matt Campbell's 0-4 against the Hawkeyes. And you know that they want this one really badly. Game day is going to be on hand in Ames on Saturday. It's the biggest Iowa-Iowa State matchup in the history of the rivalry. Both teams are ranked in the top 10 of the AP poll. The winner gets bragging rights, moves to 2-0 with potential for a really special season. And, you know, you think about this, it's a non-conference game. They can both still have a really special season, even with a loss. You just cross a couple goals off maybe, but it's just a really big game for both teams. And, I really like what I saw from the Hawkeyes on Saturday, and I'm taking Iowa to win this game in a hostile environment, 31-20, to over a really good Cyclones football team. Iowa's back seven on defense proved to be too much for the Cyclones, and Tyler, Tyler Goodson um, and Ivory Kelly Martin will rush for over 150 yards combined. Spencer Petrus is going to have to do a little bit more than he did last week. He's going to have to hit some long passes, make some big plays for the Hawkeyes. But I can't wait for this game. The anticipation is as high as I've, I've ever seen it for this game. And have a game day in Ames again. Uh, both teams with really high expectations on the season. And I'm just a huge fan of this Hawkeye team, both the offense and the defense. But that defense, they are really good. They have their hands full this week. But I have faith that, that Phil Parker is going to have the game plan and have the Hawkeyes ready. The Iowa offense is going to have enough firepower to get the win. It's a really interesting matchup. Uh, Iowa State has a good defense. They have a good running back, good quarterback. And I'm sure their fans are feeling pretty good. Um, I've seen some concerns after the UNI game, but like I said, you know, that one ended as a W, and they'll just be ready to go. Uh, they just got to move on. They're probably looking ahead to the Hawkeyes, and you know, the Hawkeyes are going to have to come out play mistake-free football the Iowa way, and they can surely come out with a W in this one. Well, if you get a chance, like my podcast, follow at Iowa underscore podcast on Twitter. Let me know what you like, what you don't like about this, what else you want to hear. And uh, we have a huge, huge game on Saturday. It's going to be quite a day. My voice is still a little bit shot from last Saturday. It's kind of crazy. Here we are on Wednesday, and my voice is still a little bit shot, not quite back to normal again. That's how much I was yelling on Saturday in Kinnick Stadium. But, hey, this is Jimmy Hawk, and until next time, go Hawks, beat State.